I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is on swinging, the swinging lifestyle. Oh, yeah. With Brenna and Brian. Uh, swinging is... The a lot front, of, they're front porch swingers, yeah, which I like that. Did they even explain what that meant? Did we ask them in the podcast? I can't remember. We recorded a while ago. Well... Maybe well, they explain everyone. Yeah, <laughs> stay no. tuned. Yes, they. Uh, in swinging, swinging is, is uh, we we actually got invited to what is it called? Oh, hedonism, hedonism yeah. in Jamaica. In Jamaica, yeah. We and haven't been able to go, and now obviously, now we really can't go. Yeah, I was trying to take Legend too because I just uh, your dog. Yeah, I just got him to the swinging resort. If you go to Jamaica, you have to quarantine your dog. For, I think it was three weeks. I oh, looked it up in Kingston, happening. only in Kingston too. So I'd had to go into Kingston with my little dog to go to this resort for four days, yeah, four nights or something. That was, yeah. it was not going to happen, but I really wanted to bring Ledge. Yeah. Swinging is uh, something that's, that a lot of people like and are I, into and is a form of uh, non-monogamy. And also, funny story. Yesterday yes. I went to the peaceful rally. It was a peaceful protest. Yes. Uh, and I had legend in a backpack, a dog backpack. And someone was like, legend and recognized him from the podcast. Uh, no, just, no. Okay, uh, from uh, probably, I think one of my partner's daughter's Instagram. Ah, uh, okay. And it was but really funny. Your dog's famous. I was like, oh, you know, my animal. Hi. How cute. Yeah. Legend, you're famous. Legend, you are the best. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I just remembered and I was like, I love my animal. Oh, I heard, um, I, so I wasn't able, I was out of town this last weekend. Then yesterday I was sick. I have a UTI everyone. And, uh, yesterday I was on, started taking antibiotics. It was miserable yesterday. I'm feeling uh, much better today. So they had the protest yesterday, but someone messaged me who lives on the East coast. And like, I'm so impressed by your, uh, the chief of police in Santa Cruz. I'm like, how did you hear about that? I wasn't there on Sunday when I think it was Sunday when they did a, a March. Yes. Um, yes. And I know people were commenting yeah, on that. Yeah. I don't know much about it either. Yeah, I wasn't there for that one, but yeah. uh, lots going on in the world, and we are uh, not in any way looking the other way. We uh, we are uh, active on social media, and what we're doing this week is um, really committing to only posting work of uh, people of color, and we are still sending podcasts out through this week. I know some podcasters have actually opted out of sending po- doing podcasts for this week, or they're also only doing podcasts about uh, social justice and what's going on. Um, and we had decided, I think, in the beginning of coronavirus stuff that um, while we have a, a, you know, a stance and opinions and we're, sh- we're sharing them, we're sharing them on certain outlets, we also want to provide a place, too, for people to still go and learn about sex and sexuality and um, and so I, I think I just want to like comment on that, that if for some folks are listening and wondering maybe why we're not commenting or doing a whole episode on what's going on this week, that 
Um, we are still wanting to share the message of sex positivity, which someone made a really interesting comment today that I haven't really dissected. They're in our podcast family. It's Sunny Megatron. Um, from American Sex Podcast? She was talking about um, the – because this is also Pride Month, which is – and right now it's it's interesting because it's Pride Month and – uh, so it's you know LGBTQ plus and um, a celebration. There's usually for the Pride Festival start these this weekend. Oh, I think is usually none when of it them start. can happen because of coronavirus. Well, and I also don't, I don't know if they're not happening, but we're also in the middle of something else that is really important. That um, you know Black Lives Matter and a lot of social justice stuff. That it, so it's it's this time of. Uh, I think it's a tricky one because we want to also want to highlight this is an important month and month in that, you know, these pride festivals celebrations did start, I believe, and I could be wrong, but did start from protests and riots and a lot of really shitty things that were happening and still continue to happen. I think um, I'm pretty sure a trans woman of color was actually killed a couple days ago. So um want to just bring all these things into the picture that we are, God, coronavirus and then uh, we have social justice and black lives matter and a lot of this uh this stuff that's been going on for a long time uh, and and then there's also this pride month too and so there's just a lot to take into account here um, and and here's one other thing that i saw allison moon she was on her podcast mm-hmm. um girl sex mm-hmm. she posted something i think it was a repost that someone put that was saying people are considering 2020 as the year that um like that 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 we lost or something, right? They're saying that, and she she actually said like, we're going to redo it. It's going to be twenty twenty next year too. Well, just because it's the no, God. she didn't say that. Oh. So the repost was saying instead of looking at it as the year that we lost, you know, because we were in shelter in place and there's all this stuff going on that is really um, sad and and horrifying. And instead of looking at that, look at it as this is the fucking year where shit really needed to happen and started happening all at once, you know, all at once. And so that's super intense in in all the ways. So. Uh, we welcome all the feels for from all of you, and we have a lot of feels over here too. It's not the um, the easiest time, I think, for anyone, and um, I think it's a really important time. What's happening right now? Yes, and we won't use our podcast to be political because we know that people come for sex advice and information. We just want you all to know that we are sending out love and positivity and equality for everyone. We might be political on Instagram, though. Yes, yeah. we, yeah, <laughs> we have, we have, yeah, that, that outlet we, there too. So yeah. it's not that we're not, and I mean, that's one thing we're looking at too, is that, you know, the stance we, and I I'm, could say I stand by the stance that silence isn't And isn't I'm also working. doing my best to educate myself as much as I can mm-hmm. on some of the issues because I feel like education is the key here. Oh yeah. So. I have so much to learn and that's, yeah, that, that's, I think that's the, the opportunity here is we can stay stuck in our stories or uh, we can learn more and educate more and also look in the mirror and be like, hmm, how can I do better? And what have I been hiding from? And um, and I and social justice is one of them. Also, with what's happening with coronavirus and um, a lot of the other things happening in the world. So, just want to comment on that real quick. But we are going to be talking about swinging, swinging lifestyle. It's fun. It's playful. It's informative. May, might make you want to go and try the swinging lifestyle. Maybe you're already in it. Uh, maybe you just want to learn about non-monogamy as well, or maybe you'll learn some things that will apply to monogamy. Because when we learn about non-monogamy, a lot of it is applicable to monogamous relationships as well. So stay tuned. Before we dive in, we want to give two shout-outs. One is to a listener 
listener who sent us two very adorable masks. They're so cute. They're adorable. That this company that she works for. Mine has a little made. hiker on it. Mine has, um, I think it's a, in a tent. So Wait. adorable. Mine Yours has a, a, a man's crotch. I know. <laughs> I like that. And so his head right there. Oh, hey. Ooh, and I think he's fishing. I'm going to wear that mask it out and about. really cute. And the colors are beautiful. He's fishing. Um, so this company is actually a bike company. It's a bike packing company. It's, uh, let's see, can I say this right? Oh, Oveja, 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 Neg- Oveja Negra Bike Packing. That's O-V-E-J-A-N-E-G. R-A, bikepacking.com, and they do all kinds of things like bike products, and they also make masks in there, and they're only 14 bucks. and if you want a really cute mask, go check it out, and you can order from them, and thank you, listener. We will uh, post some photos on IG of us wearing our super adorable mask. Another shout out to our favorite yoga studio that is not open right now, but they are open online. This is hotsourceyogastudio.com. Nicole is one of our favorite teachers. She's amazing. She's inspirational. She's also a life coach. She is a badass teacher. She also teaches an online 200-hour Pilates training and does online yoga trainings. And there's just online daily classes, Pilates and yoga. It's been saving my life during these times. We can't wait until the studio opens again in person. Someday soon. But if you want to know what we're talking about go to hotsourceyogastudio.com you can take the classes you can take a training or two maybe even if you're not in santa cruz even if you're not wherever you are wherever you are um oh i wanted to just say one last thing i just share a semi-funny story before we do the sex question the bio so i went to the beach the day before yesterday it was very nice i just went alone to the beach i haven't gone alone to the beach in a while and it was i went to little about perry I brought Perry. Oh. Perry came with me. And uh, I haven't, I don't know. So this person might be listening now. I don't know if I got hit on, but <laughs> I, I, it's like someone Odds are was talking to me and my dog, you know, the Perry, you have an acute dog is kind of like the opener where they're like, Hey, your dog. Yeah. And yeah, where'd you hear? What's your, what's your dog's name? And all these things. And, and so we were talking and, and in my mind, I was like, wait, are, are we flirting right now? I haven't flirted or been hit on. And, and I think when people say hit on, they think it's like aggressive, right? This person wasn't coming on strong, like, Hey, you know, they yeah. were, but they were vibing. talking. Yeah. They were, yeah. Vibing. They were, they were super nice and it was fun to talk to them. I was enjoying it in my mind. I was like, I haven't really just like talked to a stranger, let alone someone that might be flirting with me in a while. Probably. I mean, I feel like when we go to trade shows, we get hit on all the time, but those aren't happening anymore. And so here's just the funny part. I was, I mean, I was, in, I was talking and getting, getting to know this person was really enjoying it. But then I started to get into my head, like, wait. I I don't know. Am I I don't know what I'm, am I doing this right? Like and then and then I kind of wanted to go. Like and then the tide was coming up. I was like, wait, how do I like end this without seeming awkward? But also like, do I? But ha- wait, can I just? I can just go. You can just go. You just but, like, nice to see you. Bye. I just and yeah. So what, at any rate, this is what happened. This is what's funny. Is to me, it's funny because I I feel like I turned into like an awkward twenty year old who kind of forgot how to like flirt or 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 like or something. Yeah, you got to practice. And I was the tide was coming. Like oh, okay, yeah, the tide's coming. We're gonna go. And then and I stood up. And then he stood up. And I was like, oh, you're going too. And he's like, oh, well, uh, I we're not I'll, going together. Was like, no, I guess I'll just walk that way. So he was walking up with me, and I was like, oh, okay. So we're walking out together, <laughs> which is totally fine. And again, I'm not. I I really enjoyed this person's energy, um, and and. So the, as we walked up the hill and then we were talking a little bit more on the top of the hill, my car was over here and he was like, oh, I'm going to go put this in the garbage can. I was like, okay, well, we're going to go. We, Perry and I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's nice to meet you. And this is where I got awkward. I was like, 
yeah, it's nice to meet you. So I have a partner. And so it was really nice to meet you. I haven't talked to anyone like this in a long time. And it felt really good. I have a podcast. Do you want to listen to my podcast? Here's a card. <laughs> it's just like, so, wow. it's just so silly. Like, so I just felt, I just felt like a oh, great game, Amy. <laughs> He was ready to go, and you're like, "No, listen to my podcast." No, I, he, he was. I mean, he was. I think that I think, and he was like, say, "He said he's like, so I, oh, I wasn't hitting on you or anything." And I was like, "Well, okay, maybe you're not hitting on me, but like, we we're definitely like flirting a little bit." But I just made it awkward, and he was fine. He listened to the podcast and said some nice things, like, "Oh, your partner's a really lucky guy," or something. And I was like, Aww. "Oh, that's sweet. Listen to the podcast. We get to hear all kinds of things about my personal life and April's and." So I just want to share that if anyone else is feeling a little out of practice and flirting right now, I feel you. Um, I think that these uh, these I, times make it. I got hit on and I had my mask on. I was very confused when I took my dog for a walk th- Those green, the other day. Green eyes. He was far away. <laughs> You're cute, though. You got I, a hot. I didn't li- even know. You got a hot little body. Good energy radiating radiating out. I of just you. thought that was really funny, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, I have a mask on," but thanks. I mean, he's like, "Do you have a Facebook?" I'm like. Mm. <laughs> did you give him a podcast card i didn't have one i don't i was walking my dog i don't take anything with me oh you should give him a podcast card next time and i i think i said yes i have a facebook my name's amy baldwin <laughs> thanks <a lot>. I'm <laughs> just and then he's like well maybe that is my her. social security a mask. number <laughs> don't give away my social security number now chip Okay, I just want to share that with you. Uh, awkward, uh, out of practice, and if you're listening, person that, but that was talking was, to me, I really so appreciate you, awesome. Amy. Yeah, and that person was very sweet. and relatable. Yeah, and if he was hitting on me, he was doing it, and he did a great job. Like he was you've very been really good at friendly. not shaming people whenever you've been hit on. Like I remember one time we were walking down Santa Cruz. This is years ago, and I think a homeless man came up to us. Um, because he had like a shopping cart. Um, so maybe I shouldn't make assumptions. I assumed. And he was like, you looking good to you. And you're like, Oh, thank you. How are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, and then he was like asking, I think for your number, I don't even know something. He asked for something. And then you were like, no, no, but thank you for trying. And the effort was really great. I was like, that was really nice. Cause some people get really aggressive. Uh, Some I've been with, um, girls women let's say and upset. they get upset like Ugh. and i've never been one of those people either to shame people for hitting on you it's flattering uh and i'm always trying to pass that message on to people as well out yeah. there when i have girlfriends with them and they get all kind of uh, aggressive about getting hit on i'm like you be thankful and 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 you can say thank you i'm flattered and and if they do it in a way, if they're they're getting hit on in a way where they're like, yeah, baby, your tits look good, you know, things like that, then I won't be like, oh, thank you. You know, it'd be more like, hmm, yeah, I didn't get, I I didn't Like when the guys picked me up at the, like physically picked me up. No, the dance floor. At the dance floor at that club we were at that one time. Without getting consent. And you got mad. You were like, Uh, cut her down. Yeah. I was like, why do people just want to pick me up and spin me around? Yeah, this happens to you often. That wasn't, I wasn't thankful for that. No. No. I'm saying when people are graciously... Like that person that you well, met. Well, I think what happens is a lot of folks, uh, they have this thing like, who are you to hit on me, right? Yeah. You're someone who, you know, maybe they're you know, unattractive to you or, um, you know, you're like you're saying, they're pushing a shopping cart around, but they're still nice about it and still like, hey, you're really beautiful. But I think what a lot of people do is more like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be hitting on me. And for me, it's not like I'm just like, you know, it doesn't. 
there is nothing your you know your your appearance your status all that as long as you're friendly i take it as a compliment but if you are crossing my boundaries then i then i'm then i'm not going to necessarily be nice but otherwise I'm like oh well that's you yeah. know who come in aggressive on me or uh when i get hit on by like cis women oh really Yes. Cis women, when they hit on you? I get hit on by cis oh, women. and a lot. You do? Of, I do. I'm yeah. serious. And this, sorry, this podcast is not about this. It's just interesting tangent yeah. because uh, the other day I was at a quote unquote gathering, right? Not a party. There. <laughs> I don't know how many people were there. And this girl came in hot and I was just like, oh, she's like, do you have a boyfriend, girlfriend? And I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, yes. I said, yes. I'm just, what's going on? And then she was like, you are just so hot. You don't know what I would do to you. Ooh, I was like, oh, shit. And then she See, was clearly yeah. drunk, but so I wasn't engaging too much. But then she kept coming next to me because I was laying out because I was at a pool party. Uh, I mean, it was a, a blow up pool. One of those pools. Like a doughboy? No, like a kiddie like pool. A small, yeah, like a kiddie pool. <laughs> I wasn't in the kiddie pool. A kiddie pool pool party. I went to a pool party. No, like five or six people could fit in it. I didn't go in. But she came in hot. So I was in my bikini laying out because it was nice. And then she just kept coming up to me and asked me questions and about my boobs and like things like this yeah so that would be it was aggressive but yeah. she was friends with someone there so i didn't want to yeah hate but i was like um i gotta go to the bathroom i was like any penis owner or vulva owner that came to me and like you don't know the things i would do to you that that crosses my boundaries a little bit like okay um what a thank you for telling me that that seems like something that like you can tell me that when maybe we're already on a, a place where like it's clear that i'm flirting with you or that i'm in interested yeah. a bit, but yeah that, no, too soon too soon mm-hmm. and then some other girl touched my face at the same party oh you hate having your face touched yeah if anyone wants to piss april off touch her face <laughs> no don't do that even energetically <laughs> touching it i'm like no <laughs> don't even touch it with your eyes okay so are you ready for a sex question in the bio yeah we probably everyone's probably over it they're like, fast forwarding right now shut up shut up okay so sex question i've been with my girlfriend for two years now and i'm clueless on how to admit to her that i'm interested in trying a poly relationship i was very sexually adventurous before we met couples swingers etc and had to tone it down because i didn't want to scare her away she's amazing and i don't want to lose her but i feel like my past will make her leave Huge fan. I learned a lot from your podcast. Thank you and keep up the amazing work. By the way, this person, I, I mean, their name was uh, a name that's generally used by Volvo owners. Uh, so, but I don't know if this person is a Volvo owner, but just so you know, as we answer this question, um, okay. that that is a possibility. So uh, this person, they have a past of being in open relationships, poly relationships, etc. Um, they never shared this with their current partner because they were shame. They didn't want to scare them away. And now there's this desire to go in that, go that route again, to have a poly relationship. So, uh, it's a really scary conversation to be like, Hey, here's my past and here's what I'm currently wanting right now. Well, because immediately a lot of folks go straight to what am I doing wrong? What am I not fulfilling for you? Yeah. Which is a, an old pattern that we're all used to thinking. I'm guilty of the same thing when, uh, not anymore as much, but it brings up stuff where I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not fulfilling everything for you. However, it also, if you don't ask or even sit down and have a conversation about what, what it's, uh, it's not even non-monogamy at that point. Cause it's polyamory. You can do it in this really beautiful way. And actually everyone can benefit as long mm. as there's openness and integrity and they create the terms of their agreement and there is risk though of that person there's always risk yeah, yeah of, of them 
not only rejecting the idea, but possibly then getting fearful, fearful, yeah, yeah, that relationship uh, coming to a close or ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. And when people ask, I get the questions like this from folks often where they're like, I don't know how to say this, but this person did a great job writing this to us. You're, you're terrified. You didn't share this because you were afraid to scare them away. You really care about this person. And so I think when people share things and they share that vulnerability makes a big difference. If you went to your partner, just like, Hey, I just really, I've been thinking about this. I want to open the relationship up can be really scary and you can totally do that. But also when you share, you're sharing also that white you, that you didn't share the, some info from the past too. When you share the, the hard part, I was really scared. I didn't want to lose you. I have some shame about this here or, or maybe it's not even shame, but I have fear or I have a history of people not choosing me because I am more of an open relationship person. Um, so when you explain more about that, I think people could potentially m- realize that it's not as personal as they might make it if there wasn't as much heart and transparency about all the challenges, about the fear, uh, you know, about all, all of these, these pieces that add up to this experience of why you didn't share and why it's scary to share now. Um, so I don't think there's a necessarily perfect formula. It's not an easy conversation to have. Uh, and I think if you share your heart, your fears, your, your true emotion and the vulnerability in all of that, and also share why, like, what is it about poly relationships that, interests you so that they're not like, Oh, I'm not enough. You know, what, what is it? Is it that, uh, you really just like being close to multiple people? Does it help to supercharge you in your primary relationship with your partner? Is it real desire? That's just part of your innate nature. Um, and so sharing those pieces to make this ensure to this person that it's not personal. It's not anything about you not being enough. This is just, you know, desire minor who I, who I am or, you know, who I have been in the past. Um, so yeah, good luck in that conversation and they're not easy. It's not, there's not an easy route, but I think when you bring in your truth, uh, and your heart, it makes a big difference. Yeah. People do it successfully all the time. And I don't know if we asked in this podcast to Brenna and Brian about how we probably did about how to advise for people who want to start uh, potentially opening their relationship in different ways. They may have, have have tips. So this episode could be applicable to you. With that, do you want to read a bio? I sure will. Brianna and Brian are the hosts of the sex positive podcast, Front Porch Swingers, where they chronicle their real life adventures on consensual non-monogamy. They've shared their passion for the swinging lifestyle in many formats, including countless lifestyle podcasts, online publication, Hustler Magazine, and sex education platforms. Their YouTube channel, also called French Port front porch swingers french french porch front porch swingers provides resources on everything from sex toy recommendations to basics of swinging brianna and brian share their work with two goals in mind to normalize the non-monogamous lifestyle and to encourage you to seek out sex on your terms to learn more visit frontporchswingers.com i think it's brenna too i said brenna i heard brianna Oh, really? Yeah, it's cool, though. That's Brenna, cool. Brenna and Brian. That's uh, fine. We're, 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 I, did, did I say it wrong? I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry. It's, Brenna and Brian are listening right now. And they're like, <laughs> it's B-R-E-N-N-A. It's Brenna. Yeah, Brenna and Brian. That's cool. What's the website again? Frontporchswingers.com. All right. Are you ready for the podcast? Yeah. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life 
important to you. Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so Lost. Yep. Been there. Uh, mm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus, the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. You, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> All right, everyone, episode time as usual. And here we are talking about the swinging lifestyle. I love this topic. Uh, I think it's a lot of people have some ideas about what swinging is. There's some misconceptions, um, some probably some questions. Some of you might be in the swinging lifestyle. I also love that we, we, well, you all deemed it the French porch, the front porch swingers, which it's like, you think about this beautiful front porch swing and also a lifestyle of swinging. Yes. What does this entail? And we always start with the same question. We'll throw this at you. Tell us about how you got to be where you are today, both in the swinging lifestyle. You have a podcast on this and non-monogamy. Tell us your story. Sure. So both Brian and myself uh, spent a lot of time, you know, in, I would call unfulfilling relationships before this. Uh, We have a few failed marriages between us. And, you know, we kind of just kept doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, which as everyone can can tell you doesn't work. And uh, so it was really interesting. We actually found each other about two and a half years ago. And uh, it was under the the guys, I guess, of being in a BDSM relationship. It was something we both wanted. And we were both at a point in our lives where we were like, we're not going to do the norm anymore. We're not going to continue to enter into these same relationships. Uh, and so we we started uh, in a BDSM type dynamic with each other, not expecting it to be anything super serious and fell in love with each other. Mm. And uh, it changed our lives in so many ways. And within six months, we were talking about the uh, option of non-monogamy and what that might like look like for us. And uh, we kind of never looked back. It's been a, a roller coaster in the best possible way. And uh, and then probably six months after we started swinging, we started our podcast from Porch Swingers and mm-hmm. uh, have just really, our, our passion has truly become sharing our knowledge of the lifestyle with other people. I think it's sometimes, as you mentioned, a very misunderstood lifestyle mm-hmm. and one that can be very, very beautiful for people if it's done right. And uh, so we we have dedicated our lives to that, and it's been amazing. Nice. Why 
why is it often referred to as the lifestyle? Like I, I, I hear that, and I, I part, when I hear that, I'm like, I want to be part of the lifestyle. But like, why is so it? Great. Why lifestyle? Well, I think your reaction to it is is yeah. why it's the lifestyle. I think sometimes people <laughs> hear swinging and mm-hmm. they think of kind of those old seventies key parties mm-hmm. or the idea of like free love. And I think we've come a long way since then. Um, obviously, this the general concept is the same. Swinging and the lifestyle are, are technically the same thing. Uh, typically, people my age, millennials, I'm thirty, uh, prefer lifestyle just because it's a more kind of modern twist on on non monogamy. I've been asked that before. Like, are you part of the lifestyle? I'm like, which, which one? I I, I don't know. Just out and about. And uh, I actually get a lot of folks that I feel like want me in their, their uh, swinging lifestyle that I didn't even realize. And you're the dream. I I don't know about that. And I've talked about it before. Anyway, not, this is not about me at all because our listeners are very curious about, I think the swinging lifestyle and a, a lot information is key. And also it's, it's, as you said, it's a misunderstood sort of way of living and it doesn't need to be so boxed up either. There can be a lot of different ways to be a swinger or uh, open if you will. So I guess, can we talk about what swinging is? And also let's like dive deeper into the misconceptions of the swinging lifestyle, because there's obviously a lot out there. Yeah, absolutely. There are, you know, ethical non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy, swinging, um, open relationship. It's all the same destination for the most part, right? It really just depends on which path you're taking. And that's really a generational kind of thing. Like Brenna alluded to the the old 70s key parties have, have gone away as for the most part, has the term swinger for anyone, let's say, under the age of 45. Mm-hmm. And so you you kind of, you know, as, as time goes on, the nomenclature always changes, right? And so that's essentially what's happened. You've got a lot of different names for it, but it's essentially the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's a path to ethical or consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. And it looks very different for different people and different couples. Uh, for example, a lot of couples that are in the lifestyle really only play with other couples. That's kind of the most traditional form of swinging or, or being in the lifestyle. Um, for us specifically, we actually play with uh, kind of an array of people. And it's based on, you know, I, I think for us, different opportunities with different people present different eroticisms for us. Uh, so for example, I have a single gentleman that I play with on a regular basis, separate from Brian. And that is completely different for us in our relationship than being with another couple. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that you can be a swinger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're all awesome in their own way. Yeah, we also have a, a female uh, play partner. And we both play with her and I play with her separately. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 there's a lot of different variations. And I think one of the, the biggest misconceptions, it's something that, you know, when I look at our personal swinging journey that I would love to talk about today is the idea of that uh, indiscriminate sex is kind of the key or the, the core of the swinging lifestyle. And for the vast majority of people that are non-monogamous, that's not the case. They want some level of connectedness. They want to be friends with the people that they're playing with. You'll often find that people in the swinging lifestyle play with the same people regularly. And, um, the, the main reason for that is because they want a deeper connection. Basically, they want something between indiscriminate sex and a polyamorous relationship. They're looking for that, that gray area in between those two things because it brings uh, typically a better sexual connection and a, a higher, heightened level of trust as well. Yeah, we oftentimes, we'd say it all the time, our 
closest friends are a lot of times people we've played with, but we also just have dinner with them too, or, mm-hmm. or go to a concert, just mm-hmm. like any vanilla couple would. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like community and like, like deep connection to, um, to this extended family where you're spending time together. Yes, there's sex and flirtation that can be involved, but it's bigger and beyond that. Um, it sounds fucking awesome. And it's about communicating with all of your uh, people that you choose to play with, I'm assuming. And, and in your partnership, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, of being honest and open about what's happening, or I don't want to make any assumptions. Um, is mm-hmm. that kind of the case? Absolutely. I would also say it's about a different level of understanding. So Brian and I are both out to people in our lives who are monogamous. And while they support us, they don't have the same level of understanding of our relationship as our lifestyle friends. Hmm. And I think that that's what makes the connection between like, for example, us and our couple friends that we have played with in the past. Yes, there is that sexual connection. Yes, we find them attractive, but we can also sit and talk about shared experiences in a way that we have never been able to do uh, with our friends that are not in the lifestyle. So yeah, I mean, the community part of it is huge and very important. Is that why you started the podcast? Did you start the podcast to sort of give folks more insight into the community and the lifestyle in in general? Or is it for anyone that's curious? Or is it for folks that are in the lifestyle? Or I'm just wondering because I want to know more. I'm sorry. It actually started out really more as a cathartic thing. We were so excited about what we were doing and and the the opportunities that the lifestyle brought us that we just wanted to share it. And Mm -hmm. as time went on very quickly, we realized just how much we enjoyed it and how important it was to us, how passionate we were about it. And so we pretty early on decided it was going to be our, our main focus at some point. It's what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. That and we live in a very fairly rural area, and sometimes it felt like we were off on this little island. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we wanted to feel that connectedness with listeners. We obviously didn't think it would turn into what it's turned into, but just that idea of you know sharing our story and hoping that people would reach back out with theirs, which has obviously happened, and it's been really kind of therapeutic for both of us. Mm-hmm. I love that. What so what are so people who are listening and they're like. You know, why do people choose non-monogamy or the swinging lifestyle or and or um, what are the benefits for couples who choose that? And you know, why do they choose that? I think so back to a misconception, I think a lot of people assume that you get into the swinging lifestyle to fix something that's wrong in your relationship or to fill a void that exists within a relationship, especially from a sexual aspect. I think, you know, 99 of, out of 100 lifestylers would tell you that it's actually the polar opposite. They have amazing sex lives. They have so much connectedness and trust with their partner. And that's why they can be completely open and honest with each other about their desires. And I know that was the case for us, this was the first relationship I'd ever been in where I would tell Brian things and he would have this look on his face of either eagerness or interest rather than judgment. Mm. And because of that, I found myself constantly wanting to share more and more and more with him, which resulted in us feeling comfortable enough to say, hey, it would be really hot if I was able to see with another person and vice versa. And, you know, I think that that is the case for the vast majority of people that get into the lifestyle. They see this as an opportunity to ramp up or to uh, accentuate the amazing connection that they already have together. Yeah. If you've got, if you're a couple that has amazing chemistry and amazing communicative properties, all this is going to do is intensify that there, as you mentioned, there is no, there is no lifestyle. There is no relationship without that communicative piece. And for us, it's just, it was, it was mind blowing for me to be in the first relationship I'd ever really been in where that was completely open and honest 
literally from day one. It's mm. how we started. And to be able to, to continue that and just watch that grow, pretty amazing when you consider you know, how, how we got to where we are. I'm hearing a lot of aliveness. I say this on podcasts all the time because that's like the, what I, when people are like, it invigorates our connection, our, our individual lives and our connection to, to each other. Um, and there's this, this aliveness component that you get to have all these experiences, whether shared or separate, but then you come back to this person and they continue to invigorate you and be like, wow, look at all this pleasure that we can have and these exciting experiences and we can still be connected. We can get excited together about them. And there's just so much energy behind it that sounds and um, should people choose it sounds like a super fun and spicy. And I assume it's probably not for all folks because you get, you have to be kind of open in that. Have case. a strong yeah. foundation that yeah. you've already built. Right. Yeah. And, and you were saying, you know, I want to, I want oh, to watch my partner have sex with someone else. Like, you know, a lot of other people haven't, haven't worked on their stuff to be comfortable with that, or maybe they don't want to. Um, but I guess I'm just going to go to some question, but like, you're going to you go, you well, go I, Something that is is always, I think, curiosity, right? A lot of folks, we're not monogamous creatures. Human beings are mm-hmm. not monogamous. We There's so much access now to beautiful things and beautiful humans. And it does. It takes a specific kind of relationship and a specific kind of process to build. It doesn't just, maybe it does happen. Maybe you meet someone and it just, that is what you're going for. And I know that for me, I am not a no, no, no person. I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I will eventually probably explore the lifestyle because I know that in my, I'm now building the strong foundation. I would love to hear about some of the challenges that come up in your, uh, your relationship. And for those folks that want to explore the lifestyle of swinging and, uh, non-monogamy, uh, what, yeah, just what, like what, what you would say to them, to me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the kind of obvious one that comes to mind, and I think the one that people probably assume is a potential pitfall of a swinging relationship is the jealousy aspect. Uh, Swingers are not immune to jealousy. (laughs) And it's definitely something that we've had to have a lot of conversations in our relationship about. Brian is maybe unique in that he doesn't really experience jealousy. It's not a, an emotion <laughs> that oh, wow. <laughs> he has. Uh, and on the flip side, I would not call myself a jealous person, but I certainly experience jealousy. And so we've had to have a lot of com- conversations about empathy when it comes to that. You know, For example, we were out with a, a single female that we have both played with. She's a lovely woman and, and we have a great friendship with her. And we were, we played and then we had dinner and we were walking to the car in ice and she and I were both wearing stiletto heels and Brian grabbed both of our hands to walk us to the car. And it was the first time I'd ever seen him uh, holding hands with another woman. And that gave me this weird gut check moment of like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense because I'm okay with you having sex with someone else, but that feels more intimate to me. And explaining that to him in a way that doesn't feel like I'm blaming him or that I am somehow, uh, you know, shaming him, it, it takes work. And I definitely had to be very careful about my language, about the way that I approached it. And I think that's the difference between a successful lifestyle couple and, and a non-successful one is how you compartmentalize that jealousy and then communicate it to your partner in a respectful and constructive way rather than an angry way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that's probably the obvious one. What would you say? 
Yeah, for sure. Again, as Brenda alluded to, I don't really have a jealous bone in my body. I don't, it, it's just not an emotion I possess. So that's not, I don't get the same feelings as most people would in a, in what would, I guess, consi- be considered a jealous moment. And because of that, I think, is why I did what I did when I grabbed our friend's hand and Brenda's hand without even giving a thought to, well, certainly she's not going to be upset by this. I mean, she just watched me have sex with this woman for a couple <laughs> of hours. In fact, she set it up because it was my birthday. Hmm. So you happy know, why, birthday to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why would I consider that to be a problem? So it's one of those things I also have to work on and, and just make sure that, you know, we don't have a lot of boundaries when it comes mm-hmm. to our play at this point. We have some safety, obviously, is the most important and it's paramount. Outside of some of the basics, we don't have, there's not too much that we're not okay with, mm-hmm. but it's that type of thing you just have to be cognizant of. So no matter how long you've been in the lifestyle, no matter how seasoned you are, you still have to be, you know, pay attention to the, to the cues of your partner. There's a lot of jealousy in a relationship, maybe swinging or non-monogamy won't work or it's something that to sort of work out before you choose the lifestyle. Well, I, it's I, like knowing how you work with it. It's not, it's not saying I'm not gonna, going to feel this. It's how do you react to it? How do you talk about it? How do you work with it? You don't ignore a, a feeling or a fear or an insecurity. It's it's like you 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 go into it in a way that's loving without pointing fingers. Um, I mean, I know like some super poly folks that experience a whole bunch of jealousy, but they know how to feel it and to uh, look at it and to communicate it lovingly without saying you're doing something wrong, you're bad. Um, And, you know, one thing that's interesting to me, so we were talking about this, you know, that a lot of the idea that humans aren't innately monogamous. And what I'd like to open up to our listeners, one, we're not telling you to go into non-monogamy. We're not telling you to go be a swinger. Um, And in fact, I personally, this is my personal belief, the the idea of monogamy, um, I feel like everyone, not everyone, a lot of people have a different opinion of what that means. Is monogamy that you meet someone and that you're with them forever? Is monogamy that you meet someone and then for the whole time that you're in a relationship or marriage that you don't um, hook up with anyone else? Is monogamy that you're not attracted to anyone else, which is kind of impossible, honestly, if you put that in there. But, you know, the other things are more about boundaries and negotiations. And I, you know, I do know people that I, I believe are much more geared towards monogamy. It doesn't mean that they're not attracted to other people, but but they're completely okay with not, you know, engaging with them. Um, and maybe for them, that's just like part of who they are. They're very dedicated to the partners. Maybe sex isn't that important. Um, or maybe it's just, you know, they, they're like, they have other ways to feel alive and sex isn't a part of that. Um, so I just want to invite our listeners to, to just define monogamy as you see fit and to know that your definition might not be someone else's definition. Um, and I do believe that the majority of people are not monogamous in the way where they meet the perfect person at 20 and they're with them till they're 80. And that's the only person they ever want to touch. Um, and some people might be that way. Um, but most folks will have a moment where they like, they they desire other, whether they act it or not. And that's all about negotiation and um, boundaries with their partners. And um, I don't know if you two have anything you want to add to that piece there, my long-winded speech. No, I, and many of our listeners are people who are in monogamous relationships, but they are curious about how to be honest with their partners about their desires. Now, their desires may not be swinging. They're listening to us because they want a more open uh, dialogue with their partner about what sex can look like. And we receive so many questions about that. And, and the whole idea of it is that vulnerability of being honest with your partner is really difficult, especially if it's not a habit that you've created in your relationship. If you've gone years without having conversations about sex, yeah, the first few times are going to be awkward. Or like uh, all, the, all the times for like six months. <laughs> like, ah, we're figuring this out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's that idea of like you, someone has to start the mm-hmm. process or it's never going to get better. And, and that's something that we talk to a lot of monogamous couples about just because you're not looking to be non-monogamous doesn't mean you can't ask for additional things in your sex life. We mm-hmm. hear from a lot of vanilla monogamous folks that email us basically about communication that they listen to us because it's, it's helped their communication within their relationship. They don't have necessarily like Brenna said, any desire to, to go the route of ethical non-monogamy, but what they do get from listening to us is the capacity to be able to talk to one another openly without any judgment, Mm -hmm. which is a big deal for us. Okay. Time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone. So whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. Our listeners love tips, tricks, kind of uh, the the essential, uh, the hacks to what it would take to do or uh, start something in, especially to fire up their sex lives. And swinging is, I know for a lot of folks out there, they're curious and would love some tips and tricks for uh, if, if they want to pursue or, or start getting into the lifestyle, what would you say uh, would be some, some tips for them? My number one tip, I always tell people swinging is kind of like adding salt to a recipe. You can always add more, but you can't remove the salt. So a lot of people, they talk about being in a non-monogamous relationship. They're both excited about it. So they jump in feet first and they don't really look back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes that works out really well, such as the case with Brian and myself. But I don't think that that is necessarily, (laughs) it's kind of a, you know, learn from from our potential mistake. (laughs) And so I 
tell people uh, one of the best things that you can do if you think you may want to enter into a non-monogamous relationship, but it hasn't been part of your dynamic in the past, is to start slow, for example, going to a bar or a social setting, a coffee shop, something along those lines, and flirting. Just take time to flirt and talk to other people, uh, give them eyes, all of those kind of sexy things that have nothing to do with contact, and then take time to debrief with your partner after that. How did that feel for you? Is there something, did you get a gut check moment out of that? Uh, do you have any regret about it? And, and if the, if it seems like you're on the right path, that's when you can take it to the next level, which, uh, you know, it could be one of a million different things, go to a swingers club, but, but don't touch, or, uh, you know, go on a date, quote unquote, with another couple, but with the expectation of no play, there's a lot of ways that you can start slow. And I think that's one of the most important things that a couple can do when trying to enter into the lifestyle. Yeah, I think it's also important that you do, especially like Brenda said, when you're just getting started, whether it's you're going out to a bar or a social setting for the first time and you're simply going to flirt individually and kind of see how each other feels, or you go to an event, a swingers event, and you know, you're know you not going to play, you're going to observe. It's really having boundaries, setting them, and mm-hmm. sticking to them. That's mm-hmm. really the big thing, especially early on. You may get the you know the feeling that, oh, well, I know we had these five boundaries, but I'm, I'm willing to, to you know, shake a little bit on one or two of them the first time out. You don't want to do that. Now that the energy's flowing and yeah. everything's feeling yeah. sexy, yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, it sounds great in theory until, you know, you jump in hip deep and you see your partner naked with someone else. You can't undo that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the idea of that may be really, really hot, but until some folks actually experience it, you're never really going to know until it's over. And like Brenna said, you can't, can't remove the salt. So mm-hmm. taking it slow and, and really having a cogent conversation about what those boundaries are, being honest. What do you really not want to see? What mm-hmm. do you want to see? And then following through with that. And then afterwards, again, like Brenna said, debrief, and then maybe you adjust those boundaries accordingly as you move forward. But definitely starting out slowly, which sounds crazy coming from us because we did jump in hip deep and never look back. You need a safe word or something, right? You have to be like, if it gets too crazy for one of, I, I, that's what I would probably want. Like Amy, we're in, we're not together, but if we were, come quack, come quack. Like, I need, <laughs> yeah. Banana hammock. When you're in it, you're like banana hammock. And like, we gotta go. We gotta go do some deep. repair. I, I'd imagine. Now. Yeah. Now we have to aftercare, aftercare. Yeah. We stroke my head. Yeah. That was a lot for me to see. Oh, deep breaths. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Well, and it sounds so it's like, don't jump, jump right into the deep end to go into the shallow end first and work your way up like baby steps into the deep end. Make sure you bring your water rings. If you can't swim, you know, just be um, not, it's, I guess cautious isn't the word, but being considerate, being um, intentional. Um, and it sounds like there's just a lot of uh, collaboration, like teamwork in this, right? There's like, you know, sometimes with um, certain forms of non-monogamy and there's like radical anarchy or relationship anarchy, that's what it's called, um, where it's more like, a little bit free for all ish, like no rules and things like that. It sounds like when we're talking about swinging, it's more like, you know, relationship kind of comes first. We work together. Um, we honor this. We talk through everything. Uh, and that in, in turn, it kind of serves to make us stronger and more connected versus like, it's just a self-serving thing, uh, which I fucking love. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have that teamwork because also you're, you know, you're dealing, if you're, if you're going to engage with other couples, you're also dealing with two other people additionally from yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a potentiality for really interrupting that relationship if you don't have your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everyone all kind of has to work together and be considerate. So I, I want to talk about female empowerment here. I think a lot of folks might think that um, that the vulva owner is kind of just doing it for like objectification or 
to keep up with their male partner. Um, and I'm, so I'm curious what your ideas are on the role of female empowerment in the speaking lifestyle. Well, yeah, I think so. That is definitely a misconception of the lifestyle that it's all men, you know, the the men steering the ship. Uh, about half of the female halves of the couples are actually the one that bring it up in a, a normal swing dynamic. Um, obviously, in, in a same sex relationship, um, you understand what I'm saying. Ha- yeah. Half the time, it's it's the vulva owner yeah. bringing that conversation up the first time, which is amazing. And I think it it totally breaks down a lot of the stigmas having to do with sexual desire and and a need for multiple partners or desire for multiple partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along with that, I think that you see the uh, the ways that females in the lifestyle are empowered in so many different ways. So for example, I will never forget the first time I went to, we went to a swingers club. It was in a different state and I was so excited to go. And I went into the restroom at one point and all of the women in there are helping fix each other's hair and fix each other's outfits and telling each other how gorgeous they look. And it was just this community of women all being so wonderful to each other. And I think that, you know, Granted, I think the stereotypical view of women as catty has been broken down in so many different ways, which is fantastic. But seeing it so blatantly obvious that these women wanted to support each other was, it was pretty beautiful. And it was something I wasn't expecting out of the lifestyle at all. And it's been reinforced over and over again, uh, through interactions through, you know, women being kind of like the quote unquote, horrible term, but wing men for their, for each other. And, and just that constant support that you see. And then I think the other part of it is the body positivity that goes along with the lifestyle. I think some people have this view from the outside that swingers all have these amazing bodies and are all size twos. And when you get into the lifestyle, you see that there are so many different places for every type of body to to be and to feel comfortable. You go to a swingers club and you'll see every possible size there. And as you know, somebody who has you know struggled with certain uh, body image issues in the past, it's been incredibly. Uh, cathartic to see that it's shed a lot of insecurities for me, which uh, I certainly was not expecting as a byproduct of being in the lifestyle, but it is um, it's been really wonderful for me personally. It's pretty amazing to watch uh, how Brenna has kind of evolved as we've gotten in the lifestyle and, and, and continue to move through the lifestyle, not just when we're in the lifestyle with friends, but outside of that, her, you know, just her personality, right? She's got much more confidence in groups, uh, feels much better about herself whatever the situation may be. She's absolutely the first person to start a conversation if we're in the room with a bunch of lifestyle folks, particularly uh, always the life of the party. So mm. there's, you know, there's a lot of positives that go along with it. And I get to sit back and, and watch. I, I tell people all the time, I am not the boss of me. I am in charge <laughs> of nothing. So when it comes to the lifestyle, I, I, pretty much, <laughs> I pretty much just go where I'm told and I'm just there on time. That's, that's basically how it works. So Have- it's have you heard of Wednesday Martin's book Untrue before? Um, she she has she actually has a podcast now, uh, which is called uh, uh, True Sex and Wild Love. Oh, good job! But remembering she wrote that. a book called Untrue, which is kind of like the um, vulva owning version of Sex at Dawn. Um, so it's a little bit um, anthropological. And anyways, she talks about um, in these studies, you know, in long term relationships often it's actually the in heterosexual relationships is actually the woman that is desiring more more newness more uh, creative connection and it's not more doesn't necessarily mean other partners but they're like 
I, I want more. I know there's more out there. And then the penis owning partners, like I'm just, they're kind fine being comfortable. And that the vulva owners usually the one that not usually, but more often than not is the one that either initiates the conversation or has the desire for that. Um, and so I, I think that that's just another misconception that women don't like sex or women don't like sex as much as men. And they don't like flirting and sexual connection and variety and newness when in fact they might actually like it a little bit more statistically speaking. Yeah, Brenna is the one that started the conversation of uh, getting into the lifestyle. She she initiated that. High five, Brenna! Way to go, Brenna! <laughs> <laughs> so, if people want to listen to your podcast, Front Porch Swingers, uh, and if they want to find you, social media or any of their any of your plugs, can you tell our listeners? Because I know that we'll have folks out there that would love to listen to you more and also find you on all the things. Absolutely. Yeah. The podcast can be found on any podcast app um, or at frontporchswingers.com. And uh, yeah, if, if there are any questions or um, anyone wanting more specific information, mail, M-A-I-L at frontporchswingers.com. They can definitely contact us there as well. No. And on the social media. We're all over social media. Front porch swingers. How often do you drop a podcast? Weekly, every single Ooh. Monday. Yeah. Oh, Monday. We're Tuesday. Like, see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> and you know do what you, that means. Either of you like drinking wine. <laughs> Anytime. Yes. Hey, wine people. We love wine. Uh, uh, Amy and I have been an advocate for wine since we were 21. Just kidding. Probably since Maybe I was like, 14. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> and we have this amazing, amazing wine sponsor that we love. It's called Margins Wine. And for those folks out there who haven't been able to try it because she does really small back small batch boutique wines, uh, you might have the opportunity because she's doing a summer release. So go to marginswine.com, sign up for the newsletter and be in the know. Uh, you will love it. I hope as much as Amy and I do. It's summertime, yo. And if y'all want a discount, if you use code shameless sex, I believe, or shameless 10, you get 10% off of three bottles or more. And if you want six bottles, you get 15% off of shameless and if you or want shameless 55 15. bottles, Amy will personally deliver them. I'm just kidding. Even I if keep you throwing that out there. Even if you live in Montana. Yeah, Montana. Bozeman, not yes. Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Amy's going to go up and do that. Yeah. And I really appreciate both of you joining us uh, for the show. It's I love learning more about things that I am always curious to know and need more information on. I know our listeners will value it. So thank you, mm-hmm. too, for just taking the time uh, to be with us. We appreciate yeah. you. And the work that you do. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. We Thank really appreciate it. We do. Thank you very much. You're awesome. All right, y'all. Check out Front Porch Swingers. I know I will. And we'll see you next Tuesday and Maybe next Friday. Friday. Who knows? We're, you know, we know, we know we might just pop up on Instagram all the time. We love you, shameless sex revolutionaries. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.